Okay. Woo. <laughs> All right. So today, we're going to sort of continue with Isaiah 33, 5, and 6. We've just spent several weeks, well, since the beginning of the year, actually, since New Year's Eve. We spent several weeks talking about occupying the land. So when, when God gives us a word on something, when he gives us a promise, when we see it in his word, in order to occupy the land, we need to walk in a different spirit. Because the world will bombard you with why you cannot have it. So we have to be like Caleb. We have to be like Joshua. We have to be like David. See, they didn't look at the giants were, that were in the land. They looked at their good God. That's where they focused their eyes. They didn't listen to the bad report. They listened to the promise of God. That's where they set their heart. Okay? And so we have to receive. We occupy that land. We receive that with an eye of faith. We receive that because we believe differently than the world believes, differently than what the world might tell us. You see, our world thinks that God's promises are like pie in the sky, right? And they're either going to say to you, get your head out of the clouds or get your head out of the sand or something like that. But you see, God is not pie in the sky. He is the reality. His promises are the reality. They are the truth. His word does not return void. So when we go in and we occupy this land, it does not mean that we're not going to face giants. But we are going to go in the land and we are going to stand. And we are not going to be moved. I am not going to be moved. You are not going to be moved off the word of God. So they occupied their land because of the way they chose to believe. Okay? So, and here's the beautiful, wonderful thing. You see, God promises to go before us. He is our Jehovah Nisi. He is the banner that precedes us. Do y'all remember studying that a couple years ago? Jehovah Nisi? Okay? He, whatever promise he has given us, he says that every place that we set our foot belongs to us. Okay? So when you receive a word, when you confirm it in the word, and you know he will always use it for his glory. He wants you to be blessed. You know, we, we live in a really selfish, kind of a self-centered world, right? He doesn't bless us just so that we can be blessed. Yes, he does love you. He wants you to be blessed. But he blesses us so that we can bless others to his glory. To his glory, always pointing the always pointing people's hearts toward him. Okay, so we're going to look at one more requirement of Isaiah 33, 5 and 6. 
The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with his justice and righteousness. Thank you, Lord, because the carnal way of thinking just messes it up. But when we can stand secure and know that you are going to fill our land with your justice and your righteousness, that's comforting. That's comforting to me. He will be the sure foundation of your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Now, actually, we haven't read this part, but let me, let me read it because the Holy Spirit's prompting me that we should read this. So I'm going to go through Isaiah 33, and I'm going to show you some of the awesome things that happen when we fear the Lord. This is all in Isaiah 33. Verse 2, O Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. See, longing for the Lord is this fearing him. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in time of distress. At the thunder of your voice, the peoples flee. When you rise up, the nations scatter. Your plunder, O nations, is harvested as by young locusts, like a swarm of locusts, men pounce on it. And then he goes into Isaiah 5 and 6, which we just read. And then I want to go down to 13. It says, you who are near, acknowledge my power. Acknowledge him, saints. Acknowledge his power. Acknowledge what he is able to do in your life. Acknowledge his promises. Believe they are true. And then it goes on, it says, who of us can dwell with everlasting burning? Okay, here's the answer, and this is for you and me. He who walks righteously and speaks what is right. Now, all of these things here are a manner of fearing God, who rejects gain from extortion, and keeps his hand from accepting bribes, who stops his ears against plots of murder and shuts his eyes against contemplating evil. This is the man who will dwell on the heights, whose refuge will be the mountain fortress. His bread will be supplied, and water will not fail him. When we fear the Lord, when we fear the Lord, when we have a heart after his heart, You know, the Lord just told me when I read that little verse, who stops his ears against plots of murder. Do you know that gossip is a plot of murder? I don't know. He just now wanted me to say that. I never thought of that before. Evil speech about anyone, evil speech about anyone is a plot of murder. So don't do it. Run from it, saints. Run from it. Speak only that which edifies, which builds up. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You'll never be at fault when that happens. Lift one another up. Verse 20. Look upon Zion, the city of our festivals. Your eyes will see Jerusalem. That's the occupation of your land, saints. A peaceful abode 
a tent that will not be moved. You will not be moved. You will not be shaken when you fear the Lord. Its stakes will never be pulled up, nor any of its ropes broken. There the Lord will be our mighty one. It will be like a place of broad rivers and streams. Hallelujah. That's where you are destined to live. That's your destiny. That is your destiny. So, fearing the Lord, this is all, the key to all of this is fearing the Lord. Now, fearing the Lord, it doesn't mean to be afraid, right? We've talked about that. It means to honor, to revere, to respect, to agree with, to submit to, to follow, to believe, to desire the presence of God in our lives, to desire the heart of God, to align our hearts with his heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That's what we want to do. So we're going to go back and we're going to finish up the end of Joshua because Joshua gives the Israelites several reminders and he gives them several important instructions and we want to see what those are. Joshua 21, verses 43 through 45. So the Lord gave Israel all the land, okay? The land. The land. That is a dream, a vision, a purpose, a plan that the Lord has given you, right? That's what we equate with. Hey, by the way, Carolyn, are we still at 61 verses on inheriting the land? Or <laughs> have we found some more? Remember I gave you all that homework assignment. Go through, and I said go through Psalms, but you can do it anywhere you want. And read scriptures, find them, where it says, inherit the land. He will take you into your land of abundance. He will take you to your desired haven. Well, last week, she had already found 61 of them. Ha, huh. awesome. Thank you, Lord. So the land, he always takes us into the land to accomplish his glory. Right? He blesses you so that you can be a blessing. So anyway... So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. You have to do it. You have to be the one to take possession and settle. The Lord gave them rest on every side. Hallelujah. Now, when you go into the land, like we said before, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have giants, but he will give you rest. He will give you joy in the journey. He goes before you. He defeats your enemies before you. Just as he had sworn to their ancestors, not one of their enemies withstood them. When you are hard after God, when you are listening to the Holy Spirit, not one of your enemies can withstand you. God is for you. He's not against you. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. We have overcome the world by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. 
The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Every one. That's your destiny. Every promise of God fulfilled in your life. And it's a matter of, are you going to stand for it? Are you going to believe God? I claim that for me, and I claim it for you. <laughs> we stand on the word. The word prevails. The word does not return void. Hallelujah. And this is so important, saints. This is so important to understand when you're facing a fire, when you're facing a temptation, that if you turn and do it God's way, all his goodness just comes flooding into your life. Right? Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we feel like like we round that mountain like for the umpteenth time, umpteenth time. But you know, he always helps us figure it out. He'll give you new revelation on just where you need to just tweak something a little bit. He's a rich store of, of, of salvation, wisdom, and understanding for us. When we call on him, the Jehovah Nisi, the banner that goes before us, he routs our enemies. Okay, and this, you know, earlier we were talking about um, putting yourself in remembrance. See, that's why God, with the Passover, he wanted them to remember it every year, right? To put their, themselves in remembrance of the good thing. Because, see, God never changes, does he? So put yourself in remembrance of the good things that he has done for you. What does that accomplish? Then when you face a new battle, you can say, no, my God sees me through. It's an encouragement to your faith. It helps you stand strong in your faith. It energizes that belief in you that the word is true and it works, right? It makes our faith steadfast. It makes your children's faith steadfast or your nieces, or your nephews, or anyone that God puts within your sphere of influence. Okay, so in Joshua 24, Joshua recounts the many victories, okay, that the Lord, that's what we're talking about. He, he goes through and he recounts all these amazing victories. So for jo uh, here's your homework for this week, because I'm, I'm not going to read through all those, because, you know, you can do that. But I want to focus on verse 9. It says, When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you. Hey, saints, in the New Testament, you know what? When you're a believer, you are protected by the blood. The blood is like this shell of armor around you. It is a bubble of protection, and nothing can, can't even use the word bubble because that sounds kind of like weak. He is a strong fortress around you. The enemy cannot penetrate the blood. All right? So it says, but I would not listen to Balaam. Thank you, Lord, that you are not going to listen that those for to those that try to curse me or those that are sent to curse me. 
that have ill intent for my life. You are not going to listen because I am bought by the blood. Because I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and what he has accomplished, no person can put asunder. So he blessed you again and again and I delivered you out of his hand. You see, in that situation, God turned something that was intended for their harm to good. And he ended up having to bless them, Balaam, over and over and over. You see, this king had sent him, he wanted, he was going to give him a bunch of money or something, some sort of reward, to put a curse on them. But God turned what was meant for evil to good. Okay? Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. And that's what he'll do. He will cause your enemies to rise up and bless you. Joshua 24, 11 through 14. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gershites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and I gave them into your hands. Do you know how exhausting that would be? It's like all these people and then these other two kings, you know, they're just like constantly trying to come against you. And you stand back and you say, God is my deliverer. I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also, the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. You will not accomplish this with your carnal weapons. I gave you a land Listen to this, saints. Beloved, you, we, 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 we must get this vision because so rich and so big is the goodness of God. And we need to elevate our thinking and open up the heavens that are, you know, open up the, our thinking to reach the heavens that God really has. His kingdom come here on earth, right? This is not something we're waiting for. I gave you a land on which you did not toil. <laughs> well, that would be enough right there. That would be enough, but he goes on. And cities you did not build. And you live in them, and you eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. See, that's the blessing of God, isn't it? That's the blessing of God. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. See, that's the key. Isaiah says the key to this is the fear of the Lord. The key to this treasure is the fear of the Lord. Throw away the gods of your ancestors, 
that your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Beloved, we must recognize our idols. We must recognize our idols because everybody in this room has one. You know, really, honestly, just doubt and unbelief. Not, not, not believing that, or believing that the promises of God are just too amazing. That's an idol. That's fear. That's doubt. That's unbelief. Remember last week we studied that unbelief was rebellion. And it's not that God wants to punish us or cause us to suffer. He's trying to get us to enter into the land flowing with milk and honey. He wants us to truly believe that he is more amazing than we've ever thought or dreamed or imagined. That he will supply all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. Did Christ ever lack a single thing? No. We are co-heirs with him. Hallelujah. Carnal thinking of any kind, of any kind. We need to, we all need to renew our mind to the word. Cast down every evil imagination that would exalt itself against the word of God. And believe the word. Carnal thinking is an idol. Anytime we make a choice to think carnally and not believe in the magnanimity of our God, not believe in the fullness of Christ, that's idolatry. <laughs> the love of money, see, you know, that's another one. Not money, but the love of money putting that before him, not believing that you can tithe and still, or believing that the tithe is a tithe on a net. It says income. It doesn't say after taxes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Desire to be lifted up in the eyes of others. If you're concerned about what others think about you, then you're really not concerned about what God thinks. Right? If I care about what somebody thinks about me, now of course you don't want to be arrogant in that thought either. You don't want to be rude. But if you care about what others think, or you want social status, or you want to be popular in a group, or you want to have five million friends, and you're willing to sacrifice walking with the Lord in order to accomplish that, that's idolatry. That's idolatry. Any type of desire for social prominence instead of being concerned about God's heart in the situation or what God thinks. Joshua 22.5 But be careful to keep the commandments and the law of Moses, the servant of the Lord God gave you. Here it is. 
to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. No reservations. I'm not going to say, God, you can't touch this. No reservations. With all my heart, with all my soul. And what is the new command? John 13, 34, right? John 13, 34. I need my glasses. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. You see, because Jesus fulfilled all the law. So this is our command. This is our command. This is the way we fulfill. This is the way we are obedient unto him. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Don't you love to be called a Jesus disciple? Don't you want people to see you as a Jesus disciple and come to him because of you? Because of the love that they see? Nobody can withstand the love of God. Nobody can stand against the love of God. No matter how hard you might think their heart is, and you may not see it, but nobody can resist the love of God, ultimately. Joshua 23, 6 through 11. Be very strong. Obviously, this is going to take some strength. This is not always easy. This takes fortitude. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Okay, Jesus fulfilled the law. We're under a new covenant, right? Okay, we got that. Without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. But you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. Now we know that here they were talking about pagan nations. Okay? So this here, it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to associate with people from other nations. But see, the other gods that we have are the idolatrous thoughts and actions that, you know, I was talking about earlier. That's what that is. Does that make sense? And we hold fast to the Lord our God by recognizing, allowing him to come in with his revelation knowledge, rich store, right, of understanding, so that we can get rid of those. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you, just as he promised. So be careful, be very careful to love the Lord your God. You know, what did they say about David? And Saul, it said Saul routed a thousand, but David his tens of thousands? He, he slew his tens of thousands? Why was that? Why was that? What was the key? We talked about this. 
several weeks ago. What was the key to David's life? What did God say about David? He had a heart after my own heart. It didn't mean that he made no mistakes. He murdered. Because of the love of a woman, he committed adultery. He did lots of bad things. How then in the world could God say, well, because it's not of the world. <laughs> so how could God say, he's a, he's a man after my very own heart. Well, see, David understood the love of God. He understood the mercy of God. And he wasn't afraid to bank on it. So, what does scripture say about the fear of the Lord? Now, before, before I go through this, I want to make just one little comment. When we don't do something according to the word, okay, we all understand God's love never changes. But we also understand that because he loves us so much, he cannot enter into a place of darkness. So we can walk away. Nobody at RCC. Right? Nobody here. But people can make choices to walk away from the light. People can make choices to walk into the darkness. He can't honor that. But he always loves us through it. And his mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. You will not outlast the mercy of God. <laughs> so here are some of the things that by fearing the Lord, by revering him, that we receive as blessings into our lives. Thir Isaiah 33, 6, He will be the stability of your times, a wealth of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the treasure. To, the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Proverbs 9.10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We want wisdom above all things. We want God's wisdom above all things. See, fearing him, he speaks to us. He never stops speaking to you. His spirit testifies with your spirit. You will know him. You will follow the voice of your shepherd, another voice you will not hear when you fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. See, when we come into intimate relationship, fear the Lord, desire his presence. When we come into that relationship with him, we receive understanding of the Holy One. Our hearts pant after his heart, right? And we receive knowledge of who he is how he behaves, how much he loves us, how much he loves not only you, but everyone around you. And his wisdom and understanding get poured out into our spirit. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. So we want to turn from evil, right? I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. You know what perverse speech is? Anything that doesn't agree with the word. It doesn't have to be like 
gutter speech. It's just anything that doesn't agree with the word. Have you ever heard anyone confess over your kids or something like that? Oh, you do that, you're going to break your arm. That's trash talk. Seriously, it's trash talk. Did Jesus ever have a broken bone? Nope. Then I don't ever have to suffer from that. That's trash talk. That's perverse speech. It's against something set forth in the word. Proverbs 14, 26 and 27. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress. And for their children, it will be a refuge. Wow, don't you guys love that? For your children, you are building a refuge when you fear God in your home. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Thank you, Lord. Because I desire your presence and I'm seeking your will, and then I take that word and I apply it to my life, You are allowing me to escape the snares of death. In another translation, it says, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. Who in here wants to be strongly confident? I want to be strongly confident. I want to walk forth with no fear of evil. Strongly confident. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children shall have refuge. Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life, and one rests content. (laughs) I want to rest content. You know, he's given all this to us just because we're seeking his will, just because we're we're learning how to be in relationship with him. The fear of the Lord leads to life, then one rests content, untouched by troubles. How sweet the Lord is. Proverbs 10.27, the fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Psalm 128, 1 through 4. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience. Okay, remember just the command of love. You will eat the fruit of your labor, blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. I receive that for my home. Job 4, 6. Is not your fear of God your confidence? It is your confidence. And the integrity of your ways, your hope. So if if we have integrity about our ways, we are seeking after the will of God. That's our hope. That's our hope. 
Deuteronomy 6, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land, in the land, whatever your land is, crossing the Jordan to possess, so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that I may, it may go well with you. I want it to go well with me. I want to seek hard after the Lord. I want to know his heart in every situation. I want to be knowledgeable about his word. I want to listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to me and bringing me new revelation, growing every day in the good counsel and admonition of the Lord. You know, the scripture says, that he will counsel you with a loving eye upon you. So that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey. That's what we've been talking about. You will increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. This is a heart issue. These are not rules and regulations. This is a heart issue. He is after your heart, and we are after his heart. Impress them on your children, Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. See, we can just talk about the Lord when you're rising up, when you're laying down, when you're walking along the way. Hey, Carolyn, what's the Lord speaking to you today? going through a hard time in something, you know what the Lord says about that? The Lord said, I will be your strength. I will be your rock. You see, we just walk around and we just, we just talk. We just, he's a part of who we are. Right? He's a part of who we are. When we're born again, his spirit recreates our spirit. There's no division there. There's unity. There's communion. So at every moment, in every situation, I can just call on him. Do you know what the scripture says? It says he'll answer you before you call. He will answer you while you are still speaking. Oh, my heart. We might say that's too good to be true. But see, there's another puke statement. (laughs) Isn't it? Think about that. Think about when you say of something about the Lord, that's too good to be true. Liar, liar, pants on fire. 
It's not too good to be true. His word is truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. It says that he sends us another counselor, the spirit of truth. So not a single word written in that scripture is too good to be true. You need the sun to stand still? Joshua was brave. He said, sun stand still. He commanded it. Get the word of God in your mouth and get the trash talk out and command the scripture. Verse 10. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give you Listen to this. This is for you. This is a promise. This is his reality. This is the truth. A land with large, flourishing cities that you did not build. Houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide. Wells you did not dig. Vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then you then when you eat and are satisfied, where's your level of satisfaction? That's what it comes down to. Where is your level of satisfaction? Because he says, when you are satisfied. I am not going to be satisfied until every single word of God is true in my... Oh, true is the wrong word. Reality. Then you, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Remember the Lord your God. Remember him. Everyone in here has been brought out of the land of Egypt. Everyone in here has been brought out of slavery. And we must remember him. Psalm 112 Verse 1, blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. In Deuteronomy, it says that the blessing of God will overtake you. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. For us, the New Testament believers, the New Testament church, that's because of Jesus. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright. Thank you, Lord, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. So what is true fear? What is true fear of the Lord? It is just desiring his presence. See, because when we desire, when our hearts are after his heart, see, darkness can't exist there. Right? Right? Desiring his presence, having a heart to see his will 
and only his will in our lives and in the lives of others. Psalm 42.1, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for you, God, for the living God. Where can I go to meet with God? And the answer to that is anywhere. When you walk along the way, when you sit at your table, his presence is always calling you. Always calling you. So Joshua in 24, 15 says, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there is no sacrifice too big. See, because when we make a thing that we think is a sacrifice, it's not a sacrifice. Right? When we shift away from something carnal in our lives, that's not a sacrifice because he turns it into all joy as we follow him. Hallelujah. Okay. Well, that's what the Lord, I think, wanted me to share today. So I'm just going to pray over all y'all. And if anyone needs special... What? All y'all? <laughs> if anyone needs special prayer, you can come on up, and I'll be happy to pray over you. Otherwise, you will be dismissed in the blessing of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. That we all, today, we make a new commitment to follow you wholeheartedly. That our hearts are after your very own heart, Lord God. As a deer pants after water, soul, my soul pants after you. I thank you, Lord, for your presence in our lives. I thank you for your wisdom, your revelation, your understanding. I thank you that you are a sure foundation for our times. In Jesus' mighty name. I just pray your blessing upon every person and their families. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you're dismissed.